Hello and welcome to Anilab Talks. My name is Nurgül and this is the podcast where we get to know inspiring creatives, how they got to where they are today and why they are optimistic about the future. In this episode, my guest is Subar, head of photography at the AA School of Architecture. She works on exhibits internationally, including the Autophoto exhibition at the Foundation Cartier in Paris, and she had a solo exhibition at the Arles Photo Festival. Her latest book called The Architecture of Transit, published by Hartman Project. I hope you enjoy our talk. For those who don't know, please tell us a bit yourself. Um, I'm head of photography here at the AA. I've been here for quite a long time. Um, and I'm an architectural photographer, I guess, really, even though I think that term is a little bit <laughs> restrictive. <laughs> But um, my interests are kind of urbanism, landscape and architecture, obviously. Um, so I work here part time and I teach uh, all throughout the school, actually, in different areas. And then I also have my own practice outside of the school. I work on books and exhibitions and I've done different things, made films, smalls for the Biennale in Venice and, yeah, different things, really. <laughs> and, yeah, I finished my PhD last summer, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was last summer. So, um, yeah, so I've got quite a wide-ranging kind of interest within architecture and, and landscape really oh. yeah <laughs> so like uh, what started your interest is uh, photography like maybe architectural photography that were you always this interest in this built environment the landscape yeah I, I mean I've always been obsessed by photography I my dad actually built me a darkroom oh. when I was about 12 years old which is kind of pretty early <laughs> to be interested in a darkroom and my dad was actually a plumber and so I had the most amazing high-tech darkroom under this in the cupboard under the stairs in oh. my parents house with hot and cold running water and really lovely sinks and everything and I just I had a Saturday job working for a photographer like a high street photographer in Sussex where I grew up and I just completely fell in love with photography and it completely captivated me and so The photographer was really kind and he sort of showed me lots of stuff and obviously I wasn't working at 12 <laughs> but you know that was kind of that was an interest I had I think maybe it was actually a bit later maybe I was more about 14 or something but yeah and so I had this kind of love really early on early of photography and um, just the kind of the magic of working in a darkroom is something I was quite lucky to kind of explore quite early on but way before I went to art school and stuff And it just kind of, yeah, I, I can't do anything else. It's all I think about. It's how I think about how I navigate through kind of the world in a way is through images and how I look at the world is through making a picture somehow. So, yeah, I also like took uh, lessons from uh, my uh, professor in the uh, university. Like we are in the dark room as well. So it's a kind of feeling that you are producing something and... I think experiencing is mm -hmm. another level of the photography, maybe. Yeah, even, no. like, If you have any memories for <laughs> the dark room. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's such a, an incredible experience to see an image coming up yeah. on the paper, you know. It's like you see it in films, but when you're in the orange safe light and you actually see these images. I mean, my first pictures were terrible and, <laughs> you know, the prints were terrible. I was, you know, taking yeah. really cliched pictures of rusty fences and stuff, you know, that you do when you're a, a kind of kid, uh -huh. but... You know, it's just something that really captivated me and I knew that this is what I wanted to do from a really early age and um, I wasn't really interested in school <laughs> because once I found what I wanted to do, I just felt like, 
I was biding my time until I could leave school and go to art school and um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is what... and like in a way of photography there's a similar thing that is mediating and shaping uh, the experience of a place like what kind of tool is photography do you think this uh, in this experience of this place um, I think this is something I got quite into in my PhD in the research but actually I think photography is a really good kind of way of making you look really precisely. I mean, I'm not particularly interested in cameras per se. It's more the image that I'm interested in. So this idea of having a viewfinder, whichever format camera that you're using. And so the, the viewfinder is a way of kind of navigating mm. through the space because I'm very, like all photographers, I'm obsessed by composition and how things shape and work within the frame and spatially how you kind of relate images within the frame through perspective and, and things like that. So, you know, the idea of having a frame that you kind of use to sort of look at a space, you know, that's how you make the image. And I think that makes you look at spaces in a really different way, look at architecture in a different way, or look at landscape in a different way. And I think there's also this thing about how things change when you photograph them, because... Yeah. you know the camera lies all the time you don't what you see is not truthful you know the idea that the camera doesn't lie is such a ridiculous old-fashioned yeah. concept in a way so that's what I'm interested in is how you can kind of record and depict a space through using a photograph through a photographic frame and how you can represent that but also what that can then give you know mm -hmm. what that can sort of show the viewer or the audience because you know when you look at a photograph of a building it's completely different obviously to visiting that building but the impression that you get of the building is very kind of um it's very selective and that's what interests me this idea of what you can show and not show yeah. and stuff um i went to see the stads gallery in St uh, by sterling recently in stuttgart And it completely blew me away. <laughs> I mean, it's quite a controversial building. but um, And it was in the rain, but so it, the, the light was terrible. But because of all the rain, the, the kind of the marble was glowing and the pink tubes were really sort of glowing, you know, because the light was so kind of dark somehow. And, you know, it was different than how you see it in the photographs where you have this kind of blue sky and everything is kind of happy and so... It really affected me, the building, actually. I didn't expect to like it. And I know that there's problems with the interior spaces, etc., etc. But kind of as an aesthetic visual experience, it's just extraordinary. Yeah. Quite an extreme example, though. I mean, that's quite a... Photography is sometimes like a, a selection of your thoughts, also like your background experiences. You have to show your own visual experience mm -hmm. as well. So yeah. it's, it's very kind of <laughs> challenging. Yeah, it way. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, photography is difficult, I think. Yeah. I think it's really hard and I think... I don't know. It's like any profession, isn't it? People think they <laughs> can do it easily. But I get really grumpy now about kind of... yeah. Yeah. <laughs> photography and everything but uh. there's an AA talk you mentioned that sometimes people uh, think about one of the photographies like photoshopped oh yeah so, yeah so no. it, it's an also controversial issue because yeah. they don't have a like idea to look 
from this side. So. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing now, isn't it? Because we don't tend to believe things. You know, when we look at an image, we just, if it's something strange, we think, oh, it's been photoshopped. But um, I know the image you mean, that's one of my... Um, yeah, the house. Yeah. In Autostrada. Yeah, that was in Genoa. But it's just the... Um, the proximity between the pilotis of the bridge and the, the house are very, very close. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I would like to continue with the architecture mega structures with the landscape because mm-hmm. like you often like talk about and your PhD is these kind of things. Yeah. So is it possible to say that the architecture of transit with all layers, the meaning of your core creation? Yeah. Uh, so the, the project is the architectural transit project is looking at um well motorway i use the term motorway because it's a british term but obviously in in switzerland it's autobahn autostrada route, depending where you are so it's a kind of interest in this kind of architecture because it's quite ignored as an architectural form in kind of architectural discourse i mean you know there are art photographers who have tackled the subjects before you know I'm actually in a show in Stuttgart at the moment with Hans Christian Schink who's famously did a project in the early 90s on German autobahns Hmm. and um, Christoph Naumann and Jörg Brueggemann people like that so they've kind of tackled motorway for the want of a better word uh, infrastructure in photography but the thing about doing a PhD is that as you know, you have this kind of overarching kind of research which takes a long time, but you need to come up with a thesis, you need to come up with a position to take on it. So I was interested in how you could really think about this idea of a mega scale architecture with through photography, but you know, this idea that something starts in Denmark as a piece of architecture and finishes in Portugal, you know, this long stretch of a piece of architecture, but it's still one piece. And it's not something that you can obviously see in one go. You can't kind of capture it. So it's this idea of how you can kind of make a photograph that that kind of represents and deals with the enormity of the structure. And I mean, obviously, that's an impossible task in a sense, but it was trying to find a theoretical position to take on this. And um, I think I sort of talked a lot in Mm -hmm. in the school, the AA talk, but um, I did a lot of um, research through art history because um, when I was at art school, no one was interested in history and, um, you know, Art history, we, well, we didn't really do art history, but photographic history kind of started at modernism. It's like no one ever thinks there's any life before <laughs> modernism. So I was really interested, because I was dealing with these enormous spaces and this enormous scale, I was really interested in kind of how artists would deal with this, because you think about Claude and Poussin and Turner as well. You know, obviously they're painters, but they're dealing with this enormous landscape, mm-hmm. and it's huge and obviously they're kind of allegorical and they're kind of constructions but you know the perspective and the space that they're dealing with is kind of similar in a way way to the ideas that I was initially interested in in this kind of enormity if that's a word an enormous so I started looking at this work and it was I mean it was just amazing to sort of you know look at these paintings and you know to spend time in the National Gallery just looking at kind of Turner's and 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 my favourite is Claude. I mean, you know, yeah. Claude and Turner, they're just the business, really. But I learned a lot from that just because there's such kind of formal compositional devices that these painters used, you know, how images were constructed. And also, I looked a lot at um, a lot of paintings by uh, Patineer. 
and um, he was working it before uh, Turner and, and mm-hmm. Claude but he had these amazing colours within his paintings um, and so he was using colour as a kind of spatial device you know so you could get this incredible sense of perspective through the painting through these kind of bands of colour so sort of blues and browns mainly blues and browns and it's just an extraordinary work an extraordinary way of dealing with landscape and so you know these these kind of works were really really useful to look at and really interesting kind of um, as influences and it sounds a bit strange to sort of think how can you put a turner into a kind of influence for photographing an autostrada but it kind of it sort of things bubble away in the background and um, so I kind of just was going through art history sort of chronologically looking at all these genres and then obviously you come to the sublime after looking at the beautiful and the picturesque and the sublime is just it's just amazing you know the work is extraordinary and there's a painting by um to Lutherberg, which I think is in the Tate actually oh. and um it's called an avalanche in the Alps and it's just the most incredible painting it's so powerful and it's just it's a landscape format painting with just like an avalanche and these tiny tiny figures at the bottom kind of cowering kind of about to be crushed by rocks and everything and you know there's a real sense of kind of fear within these within this painting and so that was kind of started to generate the kind of theoretical position that I took mm-hmm. on the highway architecture which sounds weird but it's this idea of kind of using the sublime in its original 17th sort of eight sorry 18th century kind of um point because I think you know as everybody knows the sublime is a term that's way way overused and is completely diluted from its original kind of context and I mean there's when you talk about the sublime there's always these issues about God and religion and things which is kind of interesting you know this idea of the power of God and the immensity of the landscape which I'm not religious but you know it's an interesting part of the work so this sort of discovery or rediscovery of sublime theory became quite an important motivator in how I started to make photographs and how I started to kind of read spatial landscape urban conditions so I was kind of looking I was using this the idea of the sublime as a generator to find locations in which to make a photograph mm. because the thing you know like I said before the thing about motorways is that they're actually really boring <laughs> a lot of the time <laughs> you know shouldn't say that my beloved subject but you know when you connect yeah there's yeah. you know huge swathes of northern France and stuff where nothing is <laughs> happening you know it's just a flat road and there's nothing to see so you know it's this idea of where topography landscape the city all these things start to intersect Mm -hmm. and then you can start to find something really extraordinary happening and then the idea of using this kind of sublime theory um, as a way of kind of mediating and and kind of generating places to to make photographs from Um, and I read a book by uh, Edmund Burke which is his kind of philosophical treatise on the sublime and the beautiful and it's a really extraordinary book and um, so in this book he writes about these kind of things which he believes are the causes of the sublime like immensity light shadow you know he kind of literally defines these categories and it's a really amazing piece of writing and it's got this incredible 
kind of dogma that you know the writing of that time had that you could make a categorical statement that this is this and this is not you know there's no gray area so that was quite an influential book as well as a way of kind of using these ideas of I think in my thesis I wrote about proximity and Mm. light and things as ways of kind of of generating places to make photographs so that's what I was looking for. I don't know if I answered the question. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just like, like it's very talking. powerful to like hear all kind of your inspirations as well. The like, the main thing is I think this journey yeah, through yeah. the PhD. So yeah. it's not the, like the complete. No, I mean that's so, the yeah. thing, isn't it? I yeah, mean yeah. you're researching as well, and it's about yeah. the journey and exactly. you know how things change completely from where you start off. So you're, you're yeah. also your ideas are changing through your research. So yeah. it's a good thing, I think, to look back to why I started this. No, absolutely. I mean, it's a, an incredible thing to do, I think. just It's quite a selfish thing to yeah. do because it takes a long time. Yeah. yeah, you do it for yourself <laughs> rather than for anyone else, I think. Yeah. So. And so like you have recently completed like, different... Like, you are traveling different regions and the travel is an important part of the, I think your research yeah of course so like uh, how does your approach vary to depending on your location and maybe when you arrive at the site what is the first thing you do um, well when I was working on the project I did uh-huh. a lot of research before I went because obviously hmm. I just had my summer holidays from here from school so I had kind of quite <laughs> condensed amounts of time to be able to work and um, so I did a lot of research on sort of topography in the cities and And I knew vaguely where I wanted to go, you know, before I just got in the car and drove to Italy. Uh-huh. But um, so, and then when you get there, you just, I mean, it's a lot of driving, <laughs> a lot of um, looking and stopping and driving. And sometimes I was with friends and sometimes I was with alone, depending. So it's quite tricky on your own because you know how it is when you're driving. You've got to drive. <laughs> and yet, you know, you want to look out the no. window as well, which is always... Yeah, kind of slightly cool. dangerous but um yeah so it's just a lot of looking a lot of walking and just trying to find places to sort of shoot to put the camera because the project is about kind of the human perspective on this you know mm-hmm. um on view from the road you know mm-hmm. which is a famous amazing book and it's all about being on the road but this is not um about being on the road it's about looking so how it is as a person to be you know because it's not about drone photography or anything like this yeah. you know which is yeah. oh, so tiresome you know these everything yeah. looks the same you know so um so yeah there's a, I just spent a lot of time walking and and but also the problem with the the project is also to do with access hmm. because of the been, borders yeah, yeah well not so much kind of the borders of countries you know but it's more how you can get access to places because You know, I'm thinking particularly of a uh, part of northeastern Italy mm-hmm. up uh, by the Austrian border. There's amazing kind of infrastructures kind of in the middle of nowhere, kind of interchanges and junctions. But the problem is you can't really get there because you're on the road, you're on the motorway driving to look at this intersection, which you've kind of discovered. And then you get there, but you can't get off the road <laughs> because there's no exit. Yeah. So you have to sort of take the first exit and then try and find a, a, a Z road oh. somewhere and navigate back to it. And so, it, you know, it's also interesting because of that, because you're dealing with an architecture that somehow weirdly doesn't exist because you can't actually see it. You know, you're on it 
and then when you're not on it you can't get to it to look at it so it's kind of interesting in that respect I mean in Naples there's one example in the book I show you where a friend and I kind of climbed over a fence at like five in the morning (laughs) just sort of um, with all the camera gear and ladders and stuff because there's an amazing kind of inter intersection uh-huh. in the middle of, kind of on the edge of the city and I think we were inspired by the spirit of Naples <laughs> because I think you kind of yeah everyone does what they want there so I'm not advocating breaking in but you know um there's a lot of kind of just schlepping around trying to it's find places you know and wandering and stuff so but it was fun you know it's an adventure how can you complain a, yeah, about it exactly yeah. <laughs> it was fun. yeah I, I think you should come to like Istanbul and the oh, yeah, God, yeah, because yeah. there are a lot of mega structures coming up, especially like the transportation yeah. is kind of like still getting bigger and bigger. And so, like bringing it to back to like uh, school side, then you are in the AA mm-hmm. leading the digital yeah. studio. So, uh, how could you expand this main interest to here to students? I mean, the kind of formal classes that I teach, because I teach lots of things informally to people coming to the studio, but. Um, I teach a first-year course called Peripheral Landscapes, and um, so that's a digital course where we set, it's been running for a few years now, but I, I changed the site, so we set a project with the students where they have to go to the edge of the city, the periphery of the city, oh. and um, I have done things in the past where they've actually gone to um, a place in East London where there's kind of the flyovers and stuff like that but what I'm interested in sort of from my research and trying to bring to the students is this idea of looking Mm. and kind of really seeing really kind of composing because you know I think you can set students projects to go to the Barbican or whatever you know and take pictures and the Barbican's so amazing (laughs) blah 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 but you know the photographs there are kind of obvious you know they shout out to you I'm a photograph kind of thing you know but I think if you take students particularly because we have so many international students so you take them to the edges of East London you know they're kind of like shocked for example because they never leave the city (laughs) but you know it really forces them to look and actually discover and that's what photography is about you know photography is about looking and seeing and using, like I said, you know, using the frame to discover things and to represent things. And um, there's a quote by Gary, um, not Gary Winogrand, uh, William Eggleston called I'm at war with the obvious. That's what he said. I mean, Eggleston is a god and, you know, a real punk. I really admire him. But, you know, this idea of being at war with the obvious is something that I think is really kind of important in a sense when you're making work, but also, you know, through photography to try and... In- I'm trying to inspire the students to really look and you know the first time you take them to site they're kind of like what are we doing here <laughs> kind of, oh, it was this funny place but you know the more that you look the more that you see you keep looking and you keep revisiting places and actually you can discover things you know in the most subtle thing in suburbia that you can through photography that you can kind of make an image out of and um, so I think you know That's kind of what I'm trying to bring from my research, you know, Mm. to sort of show students that it's really about composition and how they look and how how they see the world, really, you know. I I also teach a course in the intermediate school, which is an analogue course, because we've started 
teaching analog again and um, which is really amazing so um, we have a, a kind of collection of Nikon uh, analog SLRs with 50 mil oh, yeah. lenses everyone gets to use a 50 mil lens because I don't believe in zooms <laughs> I'm quite oh. a fascist <laughs> and um, and you know that's really fantastic so the project is um, well it, the idea was that it was going to be a kind of typology in the Becker's sense but it's it kind of never quite works out like that. But the students get one roll of film per week, and so they shoot one roll of film, and they can investigate a subject that they are interested in. Mm. I mean, we've had lots of things, which actually is really nice because that sub, that course is much more diverse because also the students are older, so they mm. have more experience, yeah. you know, yeah. than the uh-huh. first-year students. So we've had students do kind of portrait projects and kind of landscape projects. One of my high-pass student this year, she made amazing pictures of the interior of her apartment I think I always joke with her because I don't think she likes London very much (laughs) and so I don't know whether she didn't want to go outside or something but she lives I don't think she lives in Camden anyway she's getting this amazing ambient light kind of reflected into her apartment through from the outside or maybe you know when you don't turn the lights on in your house and you get these amazing glows so she was making these extraordinarily beautiful images of kind of light shadows and patterns on her wall. And, um, I mean, they were just amazing. She hadn't really done any photography before. And there's a kind of quality with analogue that you can sort of capture these kind of very fleeting light sources in a way. Digital is almost too sensitive and too real and too crisp somehow, and it's slightly harsher, whereas with analogue things can be softer and you know I'm not anti-digital I love digital photography but I also love analog and I think the two can be side to side I I I think there's a real thing at the moment um, where people are like so pro analog which is amazing but you can't compare the two they're just different you know so I'm completely into analog as much as I'm completely into (laughs) digital the students will have the experience of using analog and I think you understand a lot more how light works and you have to be really precise and even if you're casual with your focus and your composition you know your exposures have to be precise and I think that's a really good way of teaching the students and especially using a 50 mil lens so there's no fo- uh, no zoom so you know you have wow. to just walk if you want something closer you get closer if you want something further away you get further away and I think that's what really teaches you how to look and how to see, I uh, think. I think it's very human side of the photography. Yeah. I think it's very powerful. Yeah, thing. no, absolutely. I mean, I use near enough standard lenses, the equivalent on my camera, so I'm, I'm not really interested in how things... Um, because, you know, things change with lenses, wide-angle lenses or, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. zoom lenses or telephoto. <laughs> uh, I'm wondering what is new things are coming for you nowadays? Like, uh... um, Well, I'm, I'm sort of still shooting similar stuff. Um, <laughs> I, did, um, I did a road trip at, at New Year and I went to Duisburg, oh. Duisburg in Germany. Duisburg. It's an amazing, amazing city. And so I think... I'm always kind of interested in sort of landscape, um, kind of urban-ish landscapes. But um, so I did some kind of work there and I kind of, I'm very happy with, <laughs> very happy with what I got. <laughs> I, I think I got some, uh, some good images. So I think 
The new work that I'm doing is slightly more abstract, I would say. Mm. Um, it's kind of... I've always had this interest in kind of blank facades and how things intersect, and it's not so precisely defined within infrastructure mega structure terms because I'm out of the PhD now so I I'm kind of free I can do what I want which you know you can't kind of just suddenly change but um so I'm just thinking about the last few I took some pictures recently over Easter in Switzerland and the kind of similar things and so there's particular kind of spatial shapes and conjunctions and intersections I'm looking for and it's the beginnings of a project it's not um, defined yet exactly what I'm doing but I know it sounds a bit weird but I know the spaces that I'm looking for and somehow I'm trying to find them hmm. through making the pictures rather than I mean it's kind of weirdly like a photoshop project actually but it's not <laughs> but you could do it in photoshop but I, I want to it. find these spaces so I'm just interested in these kind of blanks and it's kind of blanks and complexity. Mm. I t took some pictures in a place called Goppenstein in Switzerland, which is where um, one of the train tunnels that goes through the mountain, you put your car onto the train tr onto the oh, train, yeah. and it goes through the mountain, so that's where it comes out in the south. And um, there's some very interesting kind of places there where you've got the layering of the trains and the roads and the bridges, and then you've got the mm. stream. So... I guess it's similar similar to what I was doing before, but so there's that. But I'm also, I have this idea, I really want to do something on kind of folk architecture. I don't know, oh. I've sort of, I spent quite a lot of time in Greece and um, there's kind of lots of kind of traditional houses there that I really want to shoot, which is something kind of completely... Um, completely otherly but you know there's uh, these kind of tower houses around mm. Vathia in the southern part of the Peloponnese and they're kind of fortified houses I mean you get them a lot it's a typology that you get in Albania and I'm sure in Turkey and places yeah. but that's something that I'm really interested in um, and hopefully if there's some time in the summer I've got a friend who can go and <laughs> see you always need to have a friend somewhere that you can um, yeah. go and visit so I kind of want to do something like that as well, which is a bit weird and random, but it's just something I've had disinterested in for, for ages. And because of doing the big research project, it, you can't do anything else. But now... Then what do you think about like the future of the photography? Like, especially these kind of technologies getting like some deeper and deeper, but the, I think the view of like, the human experience has never changed. I don't know. I mean, you know, things are blurring together a lot more, aren't they? You know, with people's eye mobile phones that have such amazing cameras now there's that what's that Chinese brand Hi Huawei oh, yeah, yeah, that has a Leica kind of Cup lens camera whatever in it and stuff yeah. like that I mean you know there's Instagram I really love Instagram I know people are really kind of a bit looking down on it somehow but I think it's amazing you know I've learned so much about other photographers and designers work through Instagram and you don't have to be following stupid celebrities you know it can be something exactly. really interesting to connect yeah. people and stuff but I mean I don't know I think in a way the two types of photography will continue I think analog is becoming so strong now and I think you know I, I 
with my colleague here at the AA in the archive, Ed Bottoms, we um, kind of hosted a panel discussion uh, a couple of months ago about photographic seeing, but it was this idea of analogue photography and how we see with the analogue. And, you know, it was a really good evening and we had really fantastic speakers, very diverse selection of speakers. And just from the questions afterwards, you could see how passionate people are about analogue photography. And, you know, there's couple of shops I can think of in Berlin for example that are kind of have developed developed no pun intended have, <laughs> have opened and are kind of selling analog equipment and film again you know film production it's almost like um you know like hipster breweries you know you get these kind of little bespoke film manufacturers kind of uh, de- yeah. being uh, kind of created now and stuff so I think the two types you know digital photography is here to stay isn't it and that develops but I think you know analog is is interesting as a kind of balance to that I think really I I don't have a great kind of philosophical insight I just want to keep taking (laughs) taking (laughs) pictures and just keep carrying on I mean I, I shoot analog for myself you know not so much um for kind of projects you know like serious work projects but you know I I really enjoy taking kind of my Nikon out and taking pictures oh. with it. And I've got a friend who has a darkroom, so I rent her darkroom occasionally. And I make I make kind of prints of things, but um, I haven't quite translated that yet into more of a serious art project. I still find it easier to work digitally, hmm. actually, just um, just to do with money, if nothing else. You know, yeah. it's. Um, it's it's just too expensive unfortunately the films the papers yeah i I mean it's great you know you just have to treat it more like a kind of little jewel or a gem or something exactly yeah Yeah. something to to savor yeah so um so like uh, the question that i always conclude with our conversations uh when i'm interviewing an architect a creator it, it doesn't change so i would like to hear your thoughts about regarding to future are you optimistic about I think you have to be optimistic I don't know I I, I really don't know how to, it sounds awful I sounds like I'm really unoptimistic person I think I'm <laughs> quite an optimistic person but um selfishly mm-hmm. I'm optimistic for my own work that I've kind of found what it is that I want to do now and um I mean my tiny little tiny tiny little place in you know architecture and photography I know what I'm interested in and you know that excites me because I have this show in Stuttgart at the moment and I made some new work for that and I've sort of developed a new position on what I've been doing before I've been making really really tiny prints like the size of postage stamps which is kind of perverse and my gallerists were saying, like, oh, my God, you know, we're never going to sell them, you know. <laughs> because, yeah. People want big art. Yeah. People don't want small art. But, um, you know, I'm quite excited about that. And so I feel really optimistic about making that. And I have a show in all this summer at the Photo Festival. So I'm making really, really small work for that <laughs> as well. Kind of a combination of huge work and tiny work. So, I mean, on a very personal level that excites me and I'm optimistic but um yeah, yeah. But, but like I, I I thought that the optimism begins with like small and it grows bigger like yeah the whole people. yeah who knows yeah. So. It's, it's really like 
especially for me to hear the analog photography to hear from you it's very like welcoming for me yeah no it's it's such a good way of working and it's such a good way of learning photography to shoot with analog you know it just it's all about looking you know I have students come and they're like you know what's the best camera I can buy you know I was like I couldn't be less interested to be honest in in cameras because you know cameras are, are cameras it's about what you do with them but you know that's what's so great about analog that you really look and see and it trains your eye in a really brilliant way and stuff yeah. and <laughs> thank you so much for giving <laughs> us <Non-fanging. laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> thanks for listening to this week's episode and don't forget to subscribe to us on itunes and spotify see you next time <laughs>